Israel is 75 years old this year, and we have to remember that God is the one who created the nation of Israel. Very, very interesting. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hebb. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery, and we are discovering the Word of God or the Bible. That's what I think is the Word of God. And as we do so, we're going to be teaching on Isaiah 43 in about five minutes' time. So stay there for that. It's going to be good. Corey and Ryan are here. Corey. I am going to come, you know, with some ideas to you, with mom, about Isaiah chapter 43 and some of the interesting things that God says about himself versus the gods of the day. Ryan? Well, today I'm tackling one of the most commonly asked Bible questions of all time. If God created the universe, then who created God? Oh my goodness, that's a great question. I just had an email, somebody asked me that question. So we're gonna answer that question coming up in about 20 minutes time. Right now, let's open up our Bible to today's passage. Let's listen to what the Lord says. Isaiah 43, one through seven. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore I will give men for you, and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east, and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah chapter 43 and 44, we've slowed down a little bit because these are very interesting times to hear the words of Isaiah, which are the words of the Holy Spirit. Now, a covenant is exclusive. Its terms are binding on the parties who entered that covenant, and its benefits and repercussions apply to those parties. Did you know God made a covenant with Jacob, whom he renamed Israel? In several generations that followed, the descendants of Jacob renewed their covenant with God. It is an interesting thing to have a covenant with an eternal being. Now, though Israel has repeatedly broken her covenant and reaped the consequences of it, God has been faithful and true. This makes current history very interesting. After its destruction by the Romans in A.D. 70, 2,000 years later, Israel wasn't a proper nation until 1948, right after World War II. 
the physical descendants of Jacob have a physical nation once again. As we read in Isaiah 43, let us remember who is in control of Israel's history. And this is just one part of it. There's other nation, there are other uh, prophets who talk about this nation. Jeremiah talks about this nation. Uh, Micah talks about this nation. And I want to tell you, it is absolutely amazing that we are seeing things happen today that would otherwise be impossible. And I remember thinking when I was a child and Israel was still a nation then, I remember thinking, well, this is not possible. That's not possible. Now I look at everything going on and I'm saying, it's all possible in Revelation 13. It's all possible now. In fact, moving in that direction. Very, very interesting. Today we talk about the key to covenant. And take your Bible guide and turn to the passage with us today as we study Isaiah 43. And if you don't have a Bible guide, you can call us or write to us and we will send you a Bible guide. Another way to do this is to simply go to Bible Discovery TV, BibleDiscoveryTV.com. When you go to Bible Discovery TV, click on the page and uh, it'll take you to the place where you can donate. I want to say thank you for your donations. Very important. Donations keep us going and keep us strong. So thank you for them. And also, let me say that you can download the Bible guide as we printed it. It takes you to a page where you can do that. Let's pray. Today, Father, I pray as we read Isaiah 43 that we would understand what your Holy Spirit is saying. It's important for us to realize, of course, that Isaiah speaks here, but your Holy Spirit is the one communicating. And Father, we pray that the author of this scripture would communicate with our hearts, that we might know exactly what it is that you want us to hear today. And when I say that, Lord, I mean that because today is a very interesting time to be alive. So teach us your way and show us your path. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we said together, amen. Now look at the first passage, because this is interesting. Isaiah 43, 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Uh, this is fascinating. God formed and created Israel. He did. All of us are people whom God has created. We need to keep that in mind and we need to remember that. We are created by God and we are his servants. Not a lot of people believe that, but there are some people in this world, a remnant who believe that and give their life to Jesus Christ. And that becomes important. But when we understand that, things change. All right, let's go back to chapters 43, verses 2 through 4. This is interesting. Watch this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, Israel, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. That's fascinating. 
You see, God will protect those who have called on the name of Jesus Christ to save them. Now, this is important. As Christians, our hope is in the divine mind of Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's not in our mind. It's in his mind. This becomes important because we have to have the mind of Christ. And when we have the mind of Christ, we start making the right decisions. There's a, we'll, in a few days, we'll talk about this, but there's a lot to speak on this regarding children. But nevertheless, when we understand that it is God who is our protector, he is the one who keeps us, he's the one who makes us, we begin to realize we need to get right with the Lord and stay right with God. We need to adjust our lives to be more following his command, especially today, especially right now. That's very important. All right, let's read on. Chapter 5 through 7 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Now, this is important. Remember this, number three, keep this in mind. God has given his provision to all who receive his covenant. In God we trust. Now, I've done this before, and I'll do it again. I have a dollar in my pocket, and on this dollar is a very interesting thing. And it says here on the dollar, it says, in God we trust. Our forefathers put that on the bill years ago. In God we trust. You know, uh, I think that we need to be provision. We need to understand that our provision comes from the Lord, that it doesn't come from our brilliant minds or our gigantic air force, which nobody can stop, and our or our all these huge weapons that destroy the world. It's not where our provision comes from. Our provision and our protection come from the Lord Jesus Christ, who gets into our minds and teaches us the right way to respond and react teaches us the right way to go because we win people to Christ. And when we win people to Christ, the world changes. So if we want, if we're Christian and we want to change the world, and I do right now, then we need to focus on winning people to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would help Christians to get the message. Help me to get the message. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to open up our hearts and tell them to come to the Lord. They will be saved, and the world will be changed at that moment. Lord, help us to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now, you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to.
right, welcome back to the program. Now, to go along with our assigned Bible reading today, I thought it would be a good idea to deal with a frequently asked Bible question. And I'm sure most, if not all of you watching, have heard it many times before. And it goes like this, if God created the universe, then who created God? Now, what's interesting is that from the beginning, the Bible never attempts to prove the existence of God. But instead, it declares that as an obvious truth. And Isaiah proclaims this obvious truth many, many times. And one example of this is Isaiah chapter, chapter 43, verses 10 to 13. And in this passage, God says something very, very important. He says in verse 13 that before time began, he was there. Now, this time element is important to this discussion. You'll see why. The Bible, from its very first verse, never attempts to prove God's existence, but rather declares that truth as obvious. Skeptics, therefore, often ask, if God created the universe, then who created God? Those who argue in this way believe they have a case of causality. That is, everything which exists must have a cause. Yet no serious thinker ever argued that everything has a cause. Indeed, what the law of cause and effect really says is that everything which has a beginning has a cause there is a key difference there. For example, we know from the basic laws of science that the universe had a beginning and therefore had to have a cause. Indeed, the first law of thermodynamics states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed, but that its total amount remains the same. And the second law of thermodynamics states that while the amount of energy remains the same, its usefulness for work is running out. Dr. Jonathan Sarfati explains that if the total amount of mass energy is limited, and the amount of usable energy is decreasing, then the universe cannot have existed forever. Otherwise, it would already have exhausted all usable energy, the heat death of the universe. For example, all radioactive atoms would have decayed, every part of the universe would be the same temperature, and no further work would be possible. So the obvious corollary is that the universe began a finite time ago with a lot of usable energy and is now running down. Another important concept to consider is the fourth dimension of time. Einstein's general theory of relativity, which now has much experimental support, shows that time is linked to space and matter. This would mean that space, time, and matter all began together. Since God by definition is the creator of the universe, then he is also the creator of time. This means that God cannot be limited to the time dimension and thus had no beginning in it. Therefore, God does not have a cause. He was not created and is, as the prophet Isaiah says, the one who inhabits eternity. So from the very first verse of the Bible, God's existence is assumed. And while skeptics are very quick to attack the very first verse of the Bible, they probably don't realize that Genesis 1-1 actually reflects what the scientists are discovering. For instance, it's now known that the universe is not eternal, but did in fact have a beginning. Also, think of Einstein's general theory of relativity, which shows that time is linked to matter and to space. Interestingly, Genesis 1-1 refers to all three of these, time, matter, and space. In the beginning, that's time, God created the heavens, that's space, and the earth, that's matter. So time is a creation of God as well, and obviously, since he can't be bound to his creation, he is not bound to time and therefore had no beginning in it. In other words, no one created God. He has no beginning and he has no end. And Isaiah stresses this fact many, many times. I think it's, it's hard for us to understand this because we are people that seem to be or seem to have a beginning mm -hmm. 
And at death, we think we have an end, but our spirit lives on. But the question is, uh, how do we explain God's limitlessness, if you would, to somebody who's created, had a beginning, and assumes he has an end? Unless you understand that God has given us eternal life and that life is in his son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, and if we understand that and we try to use our faith to, to gain it, the Holy Spirit gives us that extra mm-hmm. ability to see that. Yeah. Uh, that it's really interesting because how do you explain that to people? Yeah. Well, it really is a radical faith, which is kind of where Corey and I were going with our discussion segment today. Yeah, absolutely. Because we see in Isaiah chapter 43, we see these elements to faith in the true God that mm-hmm. are so different. Elements going both ways. So elements that it w- it would have been so radical and so different for Israel and Judah who were actually following God, they would have lived and looked and their lives would have seemed so different than everyone around them. And also God's relationship with them is so different than the gods of the other nations and and the pagan idols that Israel and Judah began to integrate into their systems as well. And that goes for today too, which I think is really, really interesting. I mean, uh, Isaiah 43 starts off with um, promises that are pretty intense, right? Mm -hmm. We see in verse one, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. So reminding them of that relationship, you you are here because of me, not the other way around as it would be if God was an idol, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or or if if they were responsible, the idol wasn't the God itself. The idol was a representation of the God. So God's reversing this here. You're my image, Jacob and Israel. You're not making an image of me. I've made an image of me and you. You're supposed to be priest to the world, right? But then God goes on. He says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And immediately that brings to mind things that Israel has already gone through. Right. Going through the Red Sea, going through the Jordan River, right? So so this, this prophecy is hearkening back to things that have happened. And when you pass through the rivers, oh, there's, okay, so waters, Red Sea, rivers here, Jordan River, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And immediately our minds go to who was still yet to be born at the time of Isaiah, but thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these exiles in the Babylonian captivity that Isaiah prophesied would happen eventually, and it did a few generations later, who literally get thrown into a fire (laughs) and it doesn't hurt them, it doesn't touch them, right? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And it goes on talking about this really interesting relationship between God and his people that is so different than the the idols of the nations and the idols that Israel and Judah, so much better, right? And um, we see God later on kind of challenging in a a weird way, Mm -hmm. some of these idols and gods. I'll bring you to it in verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I'm whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, 
there is no savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed I and not some foreign God among you. Uh, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God, yes, and from ancients of days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? So there was this idea in, in, the, in, in the area that Israel was living that there was a pantheon of gods. There was greater gods and lesser gods, and there was even gods that usurped other gods' authority. And, and so there was territorial gods that they were trying to appease and trying to sacrifice to kind of work the spiritual system so that the physical world would work out well. And God cuts through all of that just in case there's any confusion about who he is, regardless of spiritual forces and evil spiritual forces, which he admits other, where, other areas do exist. He says, I am God and there is no other God like me. Just in case there's any confusion here, I am of a different type, mm -hmm. a different being. I am God and there is no other. And he starts, as you said, at in 43, he, I am he who formed you. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God, that he created us. We believe, and that's why we teach here on this program. We don't just pick and choose from the Bible. We begin in Genesis mm -hmm. at the creation, at the very beginning of our existence. Mm -hmm. But as we learned from Ryan's segment as well, God was not created. God yeah. has always been. And that's too much for our human knowledge to comprehend. We, mm -hmm. because we have to have a beginning in our, in our thinking. Mm -hmm. We can't go beyond something that we've not experienced. Mm -hmm. And yet this is a radical faith. This was a radical way for the children of Israel to live. And they were created to be a witness mm -hmm. to the rest of the nations who God was. And, and the other nations knew that as they were going through and conquering the lands, these other great armies would pull back. Mm -hmm. They knew, remember the, the encounter with Rahab? Yes. And uh, in, with Jericho. And, and she, she made a deal because mm -hmm. she knew they had heard about the power of God. Yeah, what happened in Egypt and then what happened to the people who did dare to try to fight against Israel, right? Yes. Og, king of Bashan, and, and they, got, they got destroyed. And it was a little army. It wasn't Not a, very big. They weren't great. And God even told them, uh, like, it's, I am who is great. Mm -hmm. you, you are weaker. God takes, God takes our weaknesses, what we see as weaknesses, in our in ourselves and because of him and his strength when we're obedient to him because of him we can mm -hmm. accomplish things that we shouldn't be able to accomplish yes uh david with goliath you know that's just an example that that pops into my mind at at that at that moment but Go ahead. I know you were going to no, take a No, definitely. No, no. What I, what I was going to say is that it, that's one of the ways. There's multiple ways, but that's one of the ways that God testifies to us individually that he is real. Yes. When he, when he through us accomplishes something that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we shouldn't have been able to do. Mm -hmm. Like we know there's other people can pump us up as much as they want. Yep. You're amazing. <laughs> You're excellent. You can do it. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, where there, there's, there's moments in your life where you are at the lowest that you can be and maybe no one else sees it and you know you can't get through it. Whether, whatever it is, whether it's grief, whether it's a, uh, some sort of thing that you have to overcome and God does that for you. He, he empowers he your does. life to do that and, and, and allows you to get through that. 
and you're standing on the other side, going, "How did I even get here?" And that's God's witness in your own life. Yes. But then, when you can live that, when when you can be a leader、mm-hmm. in in making the decision, you know what? This is a difficult road. Jesus even said, "You're going to have difficulties, but I've overcome those."、Mm-hmm. Just follow me. Do what I've told you to do. When we can live that, then we become that light. We become that leader. We become、mm-hmm. the witness of who God is. We can become that reflection. And no, we're not perfect. We're we are going to choose wrongly. But there again, it's that witness of God's faithfulness in our own lives that helps us to have this radical faith,、mm-hmm. because we know it's a living God. It is a God who does what He says. Yeah, He doesn't change His mind. He does what He says,、mm-hmm. and that, I think that's just such a, an important thing here. As the Redeemer of Israel,、mm-hmm. we have that Redeemer. Who is a part of who we are, and we can be that witness that there He is God. Yeah, that there is no other. He is, and He formed us. It's true from、mm-hmm. the very beginning of the book to the very end of the book. Jesus says, "I am the beginning. I'm the Alpha. I'm the Omega."、Mm-hmm. This whole book ties in, and it's so remarkable, isn't it? That、mm-hmm. when you start to To read it, people will say, "I have to read it again." If this is our thirty-third year, you know what? The more that you read it, the more that that things begin to cross over, and it's so very exciting, right? Yeah, no, it really <laughs> is. I, I guess, layer upon layer, layer upon layer, and, and it, it becomes important because the question is that does God change His mind? We so often apply these human tendencies to the Lord, but we don't. We we have to understand that God is so far beyond our human tendencies. And that's where the Holy Spirit helps us. That's where coming to Christ and knowing the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand who God is. It, this is a really good discussion. Radical faith. It's、yeah. a true and purposeful, carefully chosen decision、mm-hmm. that each one of us have to make. Have you made that decision today? Who is your God? Who is your Redeemer? Think on it. You know, today we need to pray for Israel, God's nation. We need to pray that God would help them. Father, I pray today that you would help Israel. This is all part of an end times sequence in eschatology. And Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to make Jerusalem the city of peace, and the people would begin to come to you and understand you. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is what we pray. And all of us who are Christians said together, Amen.